If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Rebel and the Rogue podcast. I am Bevan, your host, and to my right is my co-pilot. Say hello. Hello. I'm Jason Tobias. Hello. 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 Hello to you, sir. Hello to you. Good morning. Morning. How's your caffeine level? You know, I got a full glass. You got a a full cup yourself? I got a cup of tea. Oh, excellent. Got a cup of tea. I'm very sophisticated over here. You're waking it up? I'm waking it up with my tea. All the... uh, all the words are coming to you. They're flying oh, in no. at light speed. Guys, I got a really quick story. I was trying to talk to Jason in the car today, and I was butchering every single name possible. It was okay. It was it was a team it was process. A team effort. We, we knocked it out. We figured it, it was kind of like charades. She would like give like half a word, <laughs> yes. and I'd be like, "You mean this? You mean kind of like that?" I feel like you'd be great at twenty questions, just guessing a name. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. And what are we talking about today, Jason? This is going to be fun. We are going to chat a little bit about a man by the name of Han Solo. Okay. You might have heard of him. I have. You know, scruffy looking nerf herder, you know, made the Kessel Run, you know, that guy. That guy. So we're going to be talking about should he have died in episode seven should he have died earlier you know what's your defense where you at on it what do you feel well so were you talking about should he have died at all or just should he have died in empire those are two different arguments well the argument is going to be this should he have died at all great love okay? this we'll go with that we'll all run right. with that should han solo have kicked the bucket at any point died okay all right what's your stance where you at where do you live where do i live in this realm yeah uh that's a nay i don't think he should have died no the only place I find acceptable for him to have passed away is episode nine. At the very end. Very, very end. At the end of the saga, yep. end of the road. That's the only place that maybe I'll accept it. Okay, okay. Okay, what's your stance? I think he should have died in Empire. You think he should have died in Empire? Episode five, axe him down, cut him out, get him out early. Harrison Ford was already saying and just putting it out there, he was not a fan moving forward. And the reason... 
the reason why they froze them in carbonite, it was actually as a bit of a backup plan so that in the event that they could not bring Harrison back for episode six, they had a back door to it. They could say, oh, well, you know, he's frozen in carbonite somewhere. And then potentially, you know, if they were going to go on and make seven, eight, and nine, they could have possibly brought that back if the films kept building more steam and then they could have gone to rescue him at a certain point. But I would have taken him out in five and not just frozen him, but I would have killed him off. And here's my reasoning behind that. Well, before you get into that, just to be clear, Harrison Ford has come out recently and said that he didn't want to be killed off because he was done with the saga. He just thought, oh, no, with the character of Han Solo, I felt that he should do something heroic. And to me, something heroic is dying for somebody that he cares about. Who does he care about? Well, we don't know. (laughs) Well, it hasn't been revealed yet. It's Leia, guys. It's Leia. Oh, spoilers. I don't know if anybody's seen Star Wars. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, Sacrifice himself because he was a selfish character and he thought him sacrificing himself would be for the good of the character. That's his current statement that he has said, although most people believe the earlier back in the day reasoning, which is Harrison Ford was just done and he wanted to get out of this mm-hmm. as fast as possible. He was now a big movie star. He had Indiana Jones. He's working on other yeah. projects. He did not want to be part of a space adventure that he thought was silly to begin with because he always hated the dialogue, being like, nobody talks like this, Lucas. <laughs> Well, that's why their dialogue is so good. They being Carrie and Harrison so good is because they would shift the the, the pages on the words on the pages. You know, mm-hmm. they would basically I guess there's there's a story that Hamill was very much off book. Like he would yeah. say what was on the page and he was all about just, you know, doing the work that was on the page. And some actors work that way. Other actors will look at things and go, who writes this? You know, but clearly this is Lucas's script. You want to give respect to the director, writer, et cetera. Right. But Harrison and Carrie were known to just basically go, go and be like, this doesn't work. We're going to say some stuff that works for us. And I believe it honestly really works for what they had going on. Obviously, right. there was other underlying things happening. But, oh, yeah, you, know, you can find that out in a past episode. Yeah. Mm. And but it, it really works for them. You know, it feels very conversational. It feels very truthful. It feels like it's really rolling off and it's genuine, you know. For me, I think that if you take Han Solo out in episode five, and I'm not just saying he goes out in the carbonite freezing and then he just kind of goes off with Boba Fett and we see just Leia kind of looking out from that Bespin landing pad like, oh, my God, there he goes. If he if he dies Mm -hmm. at that point in the story, I think you have again, Empire is a very dark movie. It's a dark movie. Great. Some people call it the best Star Wars movie ever. I'm one of those people. I would say so, too. We're in, we're, we're in the same company We agree there. on that, at least. At least on that one. Yes. So now you've got this dark chapter where, uh-huh. again, A New Hope, you're introduced to this core trio. And at the beginning of Empire, you've got this kind of like, you know, this 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 lover's quarrel happening between Han and Leia. And, you mm-hmm. know, they're on Echo Base. And, like, you know, she wants him to go, but she really doesn't want him to go. And he wants, to, you know, to leave, but he doesn't want to leave. And he's like, oh, let's get out of here. But that's... It's interesting because you're starting to see their relationship start to evolve a little bit. And you're seeing that they just don't want to be too open about who they are in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. But it's like that bittersweetness of, oh, man, they were just starting to they were just starting to be the couple finally. Uh And then if he's taken out, what I think happens, I believe, is you can really do some interesting things with Leia moving forward because Leia would have what do you do with her from that point? You know, what do you do with Leia if Han is is ripped away from her? You know, maybe this exterior that she's built up around her, this armor, if you will, because she's she's got purpose. She's got everything built. Like, I've got to handle my business. I've got to get this done. I've got to be a strong leader for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. But now this person that I care about, that I was starting to get 
my walls were coming down around. He's mm-hmm. gone now. You know, he's out of here. What does she turn into in the remaining of five? What does she turn into in six? You know, does she does she fall to the dark side? You know, does she start to become even more cold hearted and closed off and Luke? And maybe there's something that happens between those two. I don't know. That's why I think with Han going out in five, it would have really created some interesting things conflict wise for the story. Now, if they still went ahead and made six the way that they made six, ah, you know, I don't know because Leia took a lot, and especially in the second and third act of that film, she took a lot of the backseat. You know, mm-hmm. she was kind of off, you know, in the, the Ewok city and just kind of chilling and hanging out and telling Luke, no, Luke, just run away. You know, like, come on. I don't want to hear her say that. Like, I want to hear her right. say, Luke, let's do this together. You know, let's go, let's go make this happen. And I don't know. I think there could have been some really interesting things for Han going out in five. That's, that's the quick pitch. There. That's the quick picture. I noticed that you were courting me with that dark side thing for a moment. It's like, ah, hmm. oh, ah, oh, Bevan really loves that dark side stuff going on. What if I just throw in that Leia goes to the dark side? You never know. Like, what could happen to her? All you, right. What so, could happen to her? This is how I win this argument very quickly. This is oh, why Han Solo. you're going to win it. I'm going to win this argument. Okay, give Ready? it to me. If you take away Han Solo, mm-hmm. the most popular character in the saga, minus Darth Vader. Also, over Luke. You're saying over Luke. Yeah. Wow. This is why That's this a bold is why claim. Harrison listen. It's a bold this claim. is why Harrison Ford had a a like a very successful leading man career over Mark Hamill even though I do love Mark Hamill. You have the sex appeal in Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. He is the sex appeal in the Star Wars OG saga. Females are showing up into the movie theater for Harrison Ford just like the males are showing up in Star Wars for Carrie Fisher, right? I was too young to really be attracted to Carrie at that point. I knew she was sexy, but okay. I was like, you know, I showed up because I wanted to see the action and the space saga play out. But, right. you know, if, if I was watching it, say, like in my 20s and I was like, oh, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> what's right. going on, Carrie? Yeah, exactly. I could see well, that. Well, as a kid, I was attracted to Harrison Ford. All right. If Harrison, we, if, if you're listening. Harrison, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, no, but like we've talked about this in the romance of the Star Wars and how much we need romance. We did touch on this. We did touch on this, right? So if you kill Han Solo, where's the romance in Star Wars, Jason? You know, that that fifth episode, that middle chapter of this of the trilogy gets very dark. We end on a downswing, and I'm okay with that. I understand. I'm okay with but that. But it was just developing. I know, but imagine how bittersweet it would be to give and to take away. Well, yeah, and then see people would not hand? come back for the third see one. See what I'm doing with my hand? Yeah, I see, I see what's happening I'm there. I'm taking away. I'm giving and I'm taking away. That's a different type of game for another type of uh-huh. environment. Um, no, but here's the thing. You kill... George Lucas was not stupid. He knew that a lot of the draw towards Star Wars was Harrison Ford. J.J. Abrams was also not stupid. If you're going to reboot Star Wars, the first thing you do is get Harrison Ford involved, at least for one film, and you put his picture everywhere. And sure enough, that's what drove people into the the movie theater was Harrison Ford and his sex appeal. It's not just that it's Harrison Ford, is that there is something about the character of Han Solo that draws people into their seats. People either want to be them, be him, sorry, or mm-hmm. they want to screw him. Mm. You know? And that is very enticing. And if you take that aspect out of Star Wars, meh. Like, I'll be honest. there Because there's a lack of... I mean, I, I guess. I mean, 
Poe is attractive, but Kylo Ren is not that attractive. And I understand that I'm being kind of petty about this argument right now, but it's still a very human, vitalistic part of who we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does sex and romance and attraction attracts us to the seats. Mm. You take that aspect out of Star Wars, well, okay, maybe I'll go see it, <laughs> but I'm more intrigued by it if there's a little bit of something there that I just want more of. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. have to balance that. I think, you know, Han Solo should have, in a sense, I think he should have never died until episode nine because you because Han and Leia have always had an incomplete relationship. And Agreed. you kind of want to, and I think her journey, like you were talking about what happens to her if you take out Han, her journey was just starting and he was just adding character and flavor. He was bringing out a different side to her. Mm-hmm. She was always boss lady. She was always like, I'm going to make this revolution happen with or without you, man. I want you here because I'm attracted to you, but I will carry on. Which she did in The Force Awakens. We never got what happened to them. She carried on doing what she was good at, and he carried on doing what he was good at. And I think one of the most frustrating things most fans have about The Force Awakens and killing Han Solo, spoiler alert guys, in The Force Awakens is there's a lot of, no, we want to see these two characters' journeys of what happened to them. They broke up at some point after having a kid. What the hell happened to that? I want Mm. that movie. Before you kill him off, I want to see a completed journey of his development. And I think, to the storyline's credit, we were just starting to see a turn in one of the most popular characters. We were starting to see a fully changing evolving Han Solo you kill him off and then it's like it's like Jamie Lannister's journey well what the what was the point of Jamie Lannister's journey if he just died with his sister that's why a lot of people are mad about I mean and I think Jamie Lannister and Han Solo have a lot of characteristics in common Oof, I mean that's uh that's I see where you're going with the Jamie Lannister and Han thing but man I mean Jamie was he was he was kind of even more of a scoundrel if well, you will, course. you know, because I, mean, I feel like Han's like the PG version of the scoundrel, and sure. Lannister is like the the R rated, the outer ver- rim version. Of <laughs> yes, <Han Solo. laughs> I, I like the analogy though. Continue, I like the analogy. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there's a story element to Han Solo that's very appealing to the masses, and I think this is why Luke kind of became a backseat person. I mean, he never was a backseat person, but mm-hmm. if you're talking about boys and girls and like ah who do you want to be when you grow up a lot of them are choosing han solo over luke skywalker and a lot of the women are choosing han solo over luke skywalker you got to sell to both sexes here i think we're talking about two different things here because let me just jump in with this so whenever me and my friends would play star wars if you will right Uh the coolest weapon to have was the lightsaber sure so if you had the blaster and the lightsaber in front of you what did you want to have you all the kids wanted to have the lightsaber. It's a sword made of light. It's the coolest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. So when somebody wanted to be, you know, oh, well, I'm so-and-so. Well, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. Everybody wanted that lightsaber right off the bat. What I think happens in the story, and you're, you're taking it from, like, even being um, stimulated from a side of going because there's an attraction level. Of like, hey, I like watching this guy on screen. He's attractive. He's a handsome rogue. These things are happening. He was a great personality. Had 
multifaceted yeah. levels to it versus Luke Skywalker, who just came across whiny in the first film. Yeah, I mean, he definitely played into what the character was that Lucas wanted. You know, this kid yeah. who was just trying to get off this planet. He knew that there was something larger out there for him. And how come he didn't get a shot? And oh my gosh, and I can do this. I can do that. But everybody's pushing me down. So when you see that character finally start to evolve and get stronger and more secure in himself, mm-hmm. that's when people start to go, oh man, Luke's coming around. He's finally, he's finally got something going for him. Sure. He's not just bitching for the lack of a better term so when when i when i look at when i look at luke and i look at han i would argue that most young men when they were like you know fantasizing about being these characters in the world they wanted to be jedi because you could do some pretty cool stuff you could move stuff with your hand and your mind and trick people and you know you had this sword made of light but the cool factor like if you wanted to be like a cool guy you would go with han solo but I would say it was probably 70% wanted to be Luke, 30 wanted to be Han, at least in the circles that I ran with, you know? Yeah, the kids. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I don't play with kids to- till, uh, to today. I mean, we're not just playing, <laughs> hey, guys, we're but going I'm to play some Star people Wars. That, okay, but people that hit their puberty is what, 12? 12 and up? Te- was it, teen, like 13? 13, okay, 12, 13. 13. We'll 13. Yeah. So you're talking about like eight-year-old boys versus 12-year-old boys. What Star Wars essentially kind of hit a very strong demographic with. You had... Young adults that were seeing it, you had adults that were seeing it, but a lot of those young kids that were buying toys, that were buying a lot of the memorabilia at yes, that time. Yes, but who's buying the movie tickets? The parents are, but I mean, a lot of those people would give money to their kids and just say, hey, go see your movie, go check out your thing. Okay. What I'm, what I'm talking about mostly is, I think that what happens with Han going out, clearly we're, we're kind of rewinding history a little bit. We've already seen how it plays out. We've seen how the public has responded to a character with the charisma that Harrison Ford has and how cool and awesome he has done through not only Blade Runner, but Indiana Jones and the Jack Ryan movies. And it's hard to imagine a world without Han Solo. It's hard to imagine a world where Han Solo only works through, what, like a movie and a half? Because when you think about it, if he dies, well, no, I mean, it's towards the end of, of Empire that he would have been taken out. Like, imagine if yeah, Boba Fett... Yeah, before the 11 o'clock hour, yes. Imagine if Boba Fett, for example, so let's go back to what you mentioned at the top. Imagine if Boba Fett took Han out, Han sacrificed himself so that Leia, Chewie, and 3PO could get to the Falcon. Right. What if that was a sacrificial offering? You know, then Han, or excuse me, then Harrison gets his moment, if you will, right? right. He gets his... I saved myself, or excuse me, I saved the woman I love and my best friend, Chewie, and these, uh, you know, droids, you know. Then he gets his moment. I still think that as a storyteller, you've got some really interesting things starting to happen with characters that have to deal with the loss of him. You know, I do believe that we do lose a lot of the charisma, the charm, you know, the following up. We never see the relationship fully realized between, you know, Leia and Han at that point. But I just think that you could really do some cool stuff at that point moving forward. But since we do have six with more of the relationship blossoming and then we have a 30 year gap where we're going, well, something happened. Was it over the kid? Yeah, but it's also, but, uh, but again, you also want to find the draw and appeal for to come back for episode six i mean there is that bombshell of people like oh man is darth vader really luke's father that's that was probably the biggest draw that a lot of people in episode six had you don't think people thought that you thought that there was like a ruse that they're like oh they're just kidding no 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 no. they a lot of i think i read this somewhere which don't quote me on this until i we're quoting right now okay fine um (laughs) a lot of people thought that might have been a lie darth Um, vader might have lied about being uh, the father. So a, a a big draw for coming back was is Darth Vader line. But we looked up the list last night of like the Empire's most uh, hundred greatest uh, movie characters, and Han Solo was number two, and Darth Vader was number four. Was it Indiana Jones like number three? Indiana Jones was number one. 
Oh, he was number one, and yes. uh, Han Solo was number three, right? Number four, I believe. I thought he, I thought Harrison had two of the top three. He, he had two of the top three, I believe. Harrison Ford was crushing it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But here's, uh, but here's my point. He was a major draw for the franchise. You take him out, you mm-hmm, run the risk mm-hmm. of people not being interested in coming back. When I mean people, I mean both men and women. Why? Because he had the charisma. His character was something relatable for adults. I feel like Luke Skyger. Skyker. Oh my God. That was his cousin. That was his, <laughs> that was his cousin. Stryker. Luke Stryker. Luke Stryker and Luke Skyger team up with Luke Skywalker <laughs> to take out the Emperor in episode six. Oh, God. You got this. Come on. Uh, I went to school. Uh, Luke Skywalker, mm. I think, was geared to, more towards the boys, and I think Han Solo was geared towards the adults. So you have the best of both worlds. I can worlds. see that. So you're bringing in both demographics, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You take out Harrison Ford, the one that whose career currently right now because of Star Wars is skyrocketing, blasting, blasting off <laughs> out of Docking Bay. What was Docking Bay on Tatooine? I don't know. We were gonna come we're on, gonna, nerd. We we're gonna name. We we're come gonna on, name nerd. the podcast. What was it called? I don't know. Man, Google it. You have your phone right there. I do. Uh, continue, please. Sorry. Um, you take him out of the equation. You're running the risk of losing ticket sales. And I know that's the producer and me talking, but that's also something you have to think about. Story. Also, I think just story-wise, I could make the argument that his journey was not done. Mm, mm, I, mm. I think he, especially with Leia, I think they had... There is a reason why George Lucas went from, oh, I think I'm going to hook up Luke and Leia, and then went, no, you know, I like what's happening here I think I'm going to change it to those two because that was clearly more of the draw the audience was going with. Ah, oh, no, we really like Leia and Han together. Yeah. Well, there was clearly, I mean, there's there's a thing, there's on-screen chemistry. I mean, there's just certain things that are undeniable. And, you know, when certain people work with one another, it's it's either there or it's not there. And when right. it's forced, it's very awkward, a.k.a. Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. Some of those moments felt very forced. Oh yeah, it was you know, terrible. They just did not click the on the level that they. The force, the force was repelling them in a no, way. No, it just terrible. wasn't there. You know, their their energy just felt uh, at times you were like, oh okay, they're just they're going through it. They're just actually, getting it done. I actually wondered if they hated each other behind camera because it just it was just not translating at all. Um, uh, you know what I'd be curious seeing? Uh, a lot. It's very popular for studios and production companies to do chemistry tests, you know, to have actors come in and read off one another and just kind of see what they look like on camera and just how their energy is kind of flowing between one another between a couple scenes or a scene. Mm-hmm. I would be interested just to see a scene. Have you ever seen the uh, camera test for Ryan Gosling and um, uh, uh, Rachel McAdams for The Notebook? Nope. Oozing. Uh, chemistry. Didn't they date or sleep together? I, I think they got I think married, they... I believe, after no, after the movie. They never I, married. I think they did. No, I don't know. Not. Maybe they didn't. All I know They were dating at one point. That movie, you you buy in and clearly it's a very romantic movie. You know, yeah. it's built around that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just in the in in the chemistry test, the screening of that, you're just going I mean, they're definitely vibing off each other well. So, yes. I would be curious if there was ever moments where Lucas and, you know, Kurtz were looking at stuff like, man, you know, Harrison and Carrie are just, uh, I mean, they're, they're working really well together here. You know, they just, they've got this chari- this this flame, this energy mm-hmm. that's really bouncing back and forth off one another. And going back to, like, your argument about, like, what 
you know, Han sacrificing himself and all that stuff. The reason why I say episode nine is that if you know you're never going to come back to Star Wars with the Skywalkers ever again, mm-hmm. you could really keep drawing out. Because I did think it was interesting that we open with Force Awakens and they are not together. And you kind right. of want to... It does s- catch you. Like, you're like, what the... F- uh, what's yeah. happening? And I mean, you see that, that something's still there and it makes you want to... It makes you want to go through that journey of, will they get back together? You want... you. You really do, I think, in storytelling and TV shows. It works, and I know some people hate the will they, won't they, but the will they, won't they really just brings audiences in because I'm like, ah, because then you could root and debate whether they should be together or not be together, and if you leave it all the way up until the end, then you are dragging people are going to keep buying tickets to come back to see if they will or they won't. I completely agree with that, and I think what's interesting, too, is let's say we start seven off how it is, right? We leave it as is. Seven starts off, Han and Leia, something happened. 30 years, something happened. Ben is clearly Kylo Ren at this point. He's fallen to the dark side, blah, blah, blah. What you do with having that happen and then having them reconcile by nine is, in a way, that that push and pull that you have between seven, eight, and nine is you're giving the original fans that watched the original trilogy and loved how that relationship blossomed Mm -hmm. and evolved and whether you read the Expanded Universe stuff and what they did beyond that. You give them a dose of real life because, unfortunately, in real life, sometimes relationships don't work out. And then you have collateral damage. And that could be possessions being split up between people. You can have children being split up between an ex-husband and an ex-wife, etc. So that's a very real life kind of thing that you can play into this fantastical space opera of Star Wars. Of right. How is this going to play out with clearly their son is a little bit different than so, just the troubled kid at high school. And you that know? was just so annoying to me because if, you're, if you are going to have Kylo Ren kill his own father, doing it at the very beginning when I don't have enough information for me to care bothered me. A no lot. lie, though. What? Go oh. buy those books. Go buy those uh, yeah, comics. But, go buy those but toys. But in this go trilogy, we are missing a vital aspect of what happened with Kylo Ren and his parents, mm. and he never interacted with his mom at all. Never interacted with his mom. We never found out what happened to them, and you never even got the chance for maybe even Han Solo to rectify what the hell did happen between he and his son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did it very quickly, and it just felt to me that it was just because Harrison Ford was like, fine, I will come back for one film only, and you better fucking kill me this time. Oh, you know how I knew he was going to die in episode seven? Is when he was coming out, This is pr- uh, a year, I think it was a year prior to seven coming out, mm-hmm. and Harrison was championing the script. He was like, oh, it's amazing, it's great. As, as soon yeah. as I read that, I'm like, he dies. Yeah. Because he's already said he wanted to die in five, he wanted to die in six, and when he when he said that, I was like, Harrison's going out, man. He's definitely going out in this one. And I don't want you to kill a character for the sake of the actor just wanting you to kill the character. I want you to, if you are going to, and I'm, don't get me wrong, internet. I am not, I'm not always for the happy ending right off into the sunset romantic couples. But I am for, if you are going to play this game and set this up a certain way, I want you to at least... Expand upon it, elaborate on it, make me care about these characters, make me want them to be together. And if you are going to be bittersweet and break my heart, then don't do it too quickly. If you do Mm. it too quickly, then I'm going to be like, ah, I don't care. You know what I would have loved to have done in Seven? Let's say uh, the structure lives as is, you know, Han and Leia are not together. And we know that there's this Kylo Ren person, right? Right. Kylo Ren. I would have kept it. This is Monday morning producer stuff, you know, but this is what I would have done story-wise. I would not have shown his face 
until Han walks across that long bridge to go up to him prior to yelling Ben. Right. The whole time when he takes his mask off and looks at Ray and they have their moment and he's trying to pull information out of her mind and all that stuff, kept keep him in the mask through the movie up to right. that point so that when Han walks across that bridge, that is the moment you find out that that is Han and Leia's son. Right. That would have been a reveal in the first movie of Seven that I would have thought, oh, shit. That's great. That, that's that's their son? Like, oh, that's the dude who's hunting down this Ray character? And, like, how come they broke up? And blah. But because I knew that it was him, as soon as Han walked out there, I'm like, here we go. This is where he dies. You know, I, I was ready for that. But finding out that even when Han says that line, you know, what do you think you'll see? To Han, ben, take off that mask. And he says, what do you think you see? And he, when he says, the face of my son. Dude, how powerful would that line have been if up till that point all you knew that this figure in black, you know, reminiscent of like a Vader, of right. just someone who's killing old men at the opening of the movie. Uh, you know, I remember when uh, Kylo Ren, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I don't know. I'm not, off, I'm not off book, guys. I did not rehearse that. So, you know, that that moment to me even just gives me chills thinking about it because that would have been a, oh, an oh shit moment. That yeah, is and ben- that could have wow. happened in episode nine as well, even if you don't want to reveal that Ben- Oh, you're saying like keep keep Kylo masked throughout seven, eight, and then in no, nine? Not necessarily. I'm just saying if you are going to have- Going back to if you are going to have Kylo Ren kill Han Solo, have him kill Han Solo in nine or something like that. Mm. But- so keep the original trilogy characters together through nine. That we are both on the same page on. Great. But I still stick with five. I want to see Han Solo go down. Nah, I think you lose ticket sales. I think what happens is you write him out. He dies. He does something very heroic and very sacrificial. But you bring another character in, maybe another general from the resistance who kind of picks up the mantle he might not have the same charisma. He might not have the same uh, relationship with Leia. But you've got somebody that fills that void, at least, within the the archetype that you need. Yeah. But people will still want to go see what happens with Luke Skywalker. I don't think you lose sales because of that. No, I definitely think you would lose sales. Come on. Harrison Ford and Han Solo was... Vi- no, I think... No? No, I think no? you... Because remember back then... Look, back then we didn't know we were going to get more Star Wars movies. Not that I was there back then because I wasn't. I was not alive yet. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is back then the people didn't know if they... They thought the last Star Wars movie was it. Well, we're talking about after five, though. They yes, knew, they knew that there was that. something else coming after five. They knew there was going to be a return. No, they of the Jedi. knew. No, they knew that six was going to be it. But if you introduce a new character at at the beginning of six, after we've grown to love Han Solo for two movies, you can introduce him, possibly sprinkle him in at the end of five. No. No, Pff, man, it's a tough room. I know. It's a tough room. Come on, I, I These just feel like pitches are just choo, 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 no, going I know. all around you. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like a stormtrooper. No, I'm not like my a shots. My shots are like a stormtrooper. They're You're, just not hitting you. They're not hitting me. <laughs> no, I just think from a standpoint, of, I'm just trying to think of the mentality back then. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of where the movies were. Like they took three years to come out each year. Yeah, 77, 80, and 83. Right. By that point, the highest ticket seller was Harrison Ford. Hmm. Think about it. When did he do uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Not, I think in between one of the Star Wars films. I can look. It I can't up remember right if it was in between A New Hope and Empire, or if it was between Empire and Okay Jedi. Because I know he did Blade Runner by 80, 82 or eighty three. So I mean, he was definitely firing on all cylinders. I mean, man. Began uh, nineteen eighty one. Uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. So that means he probably shot that in between Empire and A New Hope. Exactly. Man. So Dude, what a run! What a run, Harrison! Shouts out to Harrison Ford. And when I see him wearing the shirt. 
Have you ever seen the shirt that he wears? It says, I'm Han Solo, I'm Blade Runner, I'm Indiana Jones, no. I'm over it. He's been known to be, you know, he's he's not. Yes. He's a little perturbed when people are like fanboying around him. But man, dude, the guy just had from like 77 or 76 to 83. So I know that's a pretty awesome run. Blockbuster, blockbuster. I just think if you are if you are George Lucas, I think if you are seeing the ticket sales, I think if you there's two again, there's two aspects to my argument of why you don't kill Han Solo. Producer aspect, sales aspect. If you are George Lucas and you are looking at the one person that is taking off and bringing in the ticket sales and Steven Spielberg is using him for all the stuff. You hold on to his character because you're like, dang it, I made you. And you're going to help me figure <laughs> in a I way. I made you. He did. Uh, I mean, to you got a fair, good argument there. Yeah. He did. I made you. You will finish the saga out with me. You will. Well, here's here's something else to consider, too. So, you know, I believe George created Indiana Jones. Spielberg just shot it. So, okay. you know, in a way... George had a lot to do with Harrison's trajectory, just rocketing, as we talked about earlier. Right. But the fact that we've got George writing him out in five, he was planning to say like, hey, Harrison, maybe they had private conversations. Maybe they talked and Harrison Ford was like, look, I just don't want to keep playing this guy. You know, nothing new is happening with him. What I do believe started to happen, though, was when Gary Kurtz and George Lucas started to part ways because they just were not seeing things eye to eye. Mm-hmm is that I think that that's when Harrison Ford started to go. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall, if you will, of like, okay, it looks like this is pushing a lot more towards merchandising. It looks like it might be a squeezing water from the stone thing to where this might just go on forever and I'm going to keep playing this Han Solo guy. This isn't fun, challenging, et cetera, for me as an actor. Right. So I can I can see him maybe, you know, grabbing George, pulling the side. Hey, man, you know, it just... I'm not a fan of this. Can you just kind of find something for me to be gone with? And then that's why we've got the freezing in Carbonite in five. And they've got the backup plan of like, okay, you know, we didn't lock in Harrison for six. You know, he wanted either A, too much money or B, he just didn't want to come back. So they can at least appease the fans with, well, he's not dead. He's just out there somewhere. He's just in a block of no. I think it was a brilliant silver move. stuff. This is why Empire is a great film. They fake out the fans too, because then the fans are also coming back for Episode Six to be like, "Is he going to come? Is back? he is he going to come back? Yeah. Is he going to wait? Is he is he alive? Please tell me he's alive. I can't have him die. They just kissed and they said that they'd love each other. I no. know. But the, see, that's the brilliant aspect of storytelling is you want to create enough danger, but mm-hmm. you also want to give just a little bit of hope so people will pay the money to come and see us what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But if you flat out come out and say, nope, we killed him, he's dead, you're running the risk of like taking away people's interest. I don't know, that last shot there where you got Luke and Leia looking out from the medical frigate and, you know, we're seeing R2 and 3PO there, we're in that nice wide and the music's swelling and you're thinking, even though Han might be dead and he's gone, we've still got Luke but the thing Leia. is, they make it clear that he's not gone. They're going to go find him, and they're going to go get him. I'm saying if you kill him. I'm, I'm saying, saying if you take him out. Yeah, no. I would not. <laughs> no, I would not have cared that much. You know what I would have okay. done? You know what I would have done? I would have been like, great, I'll wait for this to come out on video, and I'll find out if Vader lied or not. VHS. That was what? back in the VHS days. No, and I did say video. I didn't say streaming. No, no, I know. I know. You'd have to how long did it take for stuff to go from the theater to video? Was it still like a six month window? It was or something? a long it was a long time. I think it was like a year or something. No, six months to eight months, something like that. Yeah, there was a certain window that like the exhibitors, the theater chains had where you had to see the film. They set something up with distro to where they wanted to at least have a window of time to mm-hmm. see their stuff so that people had to see it that way. But yeah, I'm uh I'm sticking with he goes down to five, man. And I got to tell you right now, too, the second they killed Han Solo in Force Awakens, I was like, nah, I don't know if I care about this anymore. 
There was another reason why I didn't know if I cared about things moving <laughs> moving forward after certain moments in that film, but that's for another that's for another episode uh, okay. that we've got going no, on. No, but but to be honest, like especially again, this is where I go back. If you kill any of the OG characters, you kill them in episode nine. Let the nostalgia mm. people have their moment. You have to again. You have to think about your audience. Is is any filmmaker and artist? will tell you that there is a fine balance between your art form and what you want to do and mm-hmm. then the marketability of it. You take away the three characters that everyone knows and loves and has been loving them since the 70s, yeah. and you start axing them off one by one in each movie, you're you're causing this sort of, you're actually just taking away ticket sales because people are like, well, they just killed Luke. I don't know if I care to come back. Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh, they sorry just guys, he's gone. Ah, they just killed Han Solo. I don't know. And then Carrie, and then with Carrie Fisher just dying, and we're we're going to get only yeah, six minutes of her sad. in the last film. It's like, oh God, this sucks. But if you had kept at least all three of them alive to the last movie, then it would have been that bittersweet grand. The saga is wrapped up. They mm-hmm. did their duty. They set mm-hmm. things right. Han and Leia came at least at peace with their life. And their choices. And even if they never even got back together, but they kind of forgave each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the mistakes they made. And maybe we found out more about the mistakes they made together. And maybe they found a way to at least save their son. If Harrison had maybe, sorry, Han Solo had maybe saved his son. It's or basically redeemed, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if Harrison. he had basically redeemed, talk about like a heroic way to go out. Yeah, yeah. Saving your son before you die yourself. I no, I 100% agree with the family element there because what what I feel that Star Wars is starting to become is it's starting to become kind of like vignettes in a lot of way. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I show you something really cool? Uh, did you like that? You got three minutes of it. If you want to know more, we've got a comic series over here. You can purchase books to, and then we got a toy thing, and we've got this audio book, and we've got this novel. I get it. I get the business model. I'm on board. I'm a fan. But I also still want to feel as if my time is spent with these characters sure. in a way that I can say, oh, you know what? That felt worthwhile. I felt like I got the full story fleshed out here. Right. I felt like it came together full circle. And what I really like about what you just pitched there was if you keep Han and uh, unfortunately, you know, Carrie passing away. But if you have those characters going through nine, I like them working their shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, through seven, eight, and nine. And I like them kind of going off to save their son. I like that part of the story. That's that's a family element that I think you appease the fans from the original trilogy. You appease the older fans that are just going to see this, even right. if Disney's aiming towards children and, th- and things like that with like, I mean, how many new droids do we have? We have DO, BB-8. I mean, I guess we're phasing out R2 and 3PO, which... I don't know, man. They're the ambassadors of Star Wars to me in a way. They're kind of like your spokespersons. Like when I think of Star Wars, like there's a few things I think of. I think of Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, 3PO, and R2. Like those are- And the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. I mean, it just goes on. The the list just goes on with that. But I do like the idea of them working it out at the end. I mean, that's the family element of Star Wars that I really, really enjoy. You know, I really, really enjoy that part. And I think we had a very, we've touched on this. It's, It's a- it's unfortunate that we've had that things have played out the way that they have. But here's a question that I have for you because you know you're very versed in like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and whatnot and like that story base there. Let's say we have 
the original trilogy characters staying alive, right? So we have three uh, protagonists that we mm-hmm. ha- we have to like, you know, develop their arcs over these three movies, etc. Uh-huh. But then we're also doing the introduction of I do believe bringing in new characters is fun and exciting, and it's great to see like how they evolve, etc. Sure. So now we've got Ray, Poe, Finn, and but then we're sprinkling in other pieces like a Phasma, a Hux. You know, we're bringing in other characters. So let's say we have six protagonists now and you've got the original three from the mm-hmm. original trilogy but then you've got you know your ray poe and your finn when you've got that large of an ensemble where you're trying to give everybody kind of their moment sure. you know do do we get enough time with those characters so that we can really live with them and feel like everything is like a satisfying meal if you will right because or does it just turn into like hey you get a bite of this figure it out later you get a bite of that by the book i mean know? it all comes down to writing. I think the one thing that Lord of the Rings did very well is that there was a plethora of characters and they were all going on their own journeys, right? Or they were supporting the the two major people that had a hero's journey going on. You had Aragorn, mm-hmm. who was the, I don't want to be king. You know, he's not Simba. He doesn't want, he just can't wait. Oh, Apprehensive, yeah. but like, oh, but like noble, wants to right the wrongs. And, and fight for what's right and have purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. He also has the romantic interest going on too. So you and then you have like his conflict about his identity. And then you got Frodo, who is the I'm gonna call Frodo like the Luke Skywalker of Lord of the Rings. Like he's Yeah, I can see that. He's the one that's set off with this task and that's the overarching task. Who'd you call Aragorn then? Who does Aragorn Oh, mi- he's Han Solo. Everyone's on. <laughs> Sans Ola. He's on okay, Sola. okay. I mean, so he's Aragorn got the. Solo. He's scruffy. He's kind of rough around the edges. He's not a handsome perfect. rogue. He's the handsome rogue. All he's right. a handsome ranger, actually. Ah. Just side okay. note: in the two towers, when he just opens up the doors and he's just dripping with sweat. God, that was hot. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, it's over. It's he's over. He's there to kill some orcs. Take names, kill yeah, some orcs. Yeah. Oh, man. No, he was just coming to just sit there and say, I have returned. I am alive. I'm like, yes, you are, babe. <laughs> you were totally alive. And you I'm were all sold. about it. You were sold. All about it. Okay. He was a draw, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's not as cocky as Han Solo, but I mean, he is definitely the one. So confidence there, though. They're, they're, yeah. It was, it was less boisterous and kind of outspoken, but it was more underlying. Yeah. It was more underlying, you know, if if you will. Um, But because Peter Jackson... And his writing team was just so good in the writing room and they were just such diehard fans and they had great source material. They were clever enough to just shoot way too much and then condense it down to, Mm. I think, two hours and 48 minutes in the theater. And then they were like, but by the way, I got a three hour and 30 minute one just for you guys, which I have those extended versions. I've seen them too. Those are the only ones I ever recommend people watch because it's just, it's the amount of material that they just covered is amazing those films are amazing mm. i don't know how amazon's gonna do it uh with the brand of it but yes i yeah. i do think it's absolutely possible going back to your question to have like the the poe finn and ray and then the han luke and leia all have their moment in time mm-hmm. you just have to have really good writers and know how to pace it out and know when to switch from ray poe finn to han luke and leia they can be parallel journeys together i mean especially if the common theme is we have to stop kylo ren and they all have a common theme with that like you you're dealing with luke and how he failed you're dealing with leia and how she failed you're dealing with han and how he failed and we never really got those answers of how they failed you know how you get the answers you buy the comic buy the book buy the comic (laughs) 
there'll be a TV show that you have to subscribe well, to the service. Well, since the movie didn't answer it for me, then they're going to have to. But like, oh, if yeah. you if the movie if the movie or films had answered that for me, or if they if they had explored that for me more in depth, then I wouldn't need the book or the comic. I got it in the movie. Exactly, and, and I, I'm I'm totally on board with you on that. My question again was just like, in you answered it well with Lord of the Rings. I think the source material obviously had been rooted in what uh, Tolkien, not Tolkien. How do you how are you supposed to say it? Tolkien, Tolkien. I, either one is fine. Okay, Tol- I I say Tolkien. Okay, so J.R. Tolkien, his source material was beloved by people. He yes. wrote those books in the twenties and thirties, I believe. Uh, he, it was based on his experience with World War One. Okay, so and the uh, trenches and stuff late like that. late uh, early thirties, somewhere in there is yes. when he's like put them out. So you've got source material that these these writers were going off of that was already beloved by fans, and they were staying very close to the source material. George, this is his own version of what it is, right. but. At this point, Disney has it, so they're kind of picking up the torch, if you will, and running with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious to, you know, when you've got six protagonists and you're really trying to give them their moments, if you will. I mean, you got three movies. You got roughly, if everyone's two and a half hours, you know, you got, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean they're just as long as the Lord of the Rings films, and the Lord of the Rings films again had like six characters yeah. in it, and they all had a journey. Uh, all four of the Hobbits had their moments. Gandalf well, has great moments. You know what? You might have converted me. Maybe oh, I want to good. keep Han alive in episode nine because I love the idea of family. I love it coming back and I love them kind of working it out. And well, I love redemption before you die, that. too. And I feel like Han Solo, if you kill him in, in Empire, he doesn't achieve any sort of redemption yet. As opposed to, mm-hmm. again, especially if you want to draw out the will this work, will this not work mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing. If you killed him in Empire, then you you, you kill that kind of question. Yeah, you don't get a lot of the moments that you have moving forward. I mean, does Leia just have a child with somebody else? If we follow the same template that they did with Seven, like, is it just some guy she met? And to be clear, I don't Not think... Not that Leia's sleeping around anybody, I'm just saying. I mean, Leia could. She's she's Leia and she's a badass. But, like, <laughs> no, and I just think it was just a very interesting couple to see. And mm-hmm. we want to go back to the romance of Star Wars. That was a very unique couple for the time. Like, you know, it was... She was very much an independent woman, but she, and she didn't necessarily need no man's. But, but the characteristics that came out of her because of Han Solo was different than what I had ever seen in cinema before. Mm. Not that I've been around the block, but I'm just saying. I hear you. Well, on that note, I mean, if I've converted, I win. It's. I guess it's about wins now. It's no, about I mean wins. it's just. <laughs> I'm going to take the wins when I can get them because Jason's a huge <laughs> Star Wars nerd. No, I think it's a great argument. Thank you, Han. Living through nine, I'm on board. Thank you. I mean, if only they would actually have done that. But it's okay, guys. Yeah. It's okay. One can wish. Oh, you know what? What if we write a book? What or if a we comic. Make a comic? <laughs> You'll draw it. I'll write it. <laughs> there you go. It'll be great. I'll Excellent. We'll do the audio book for it, too. We'll act yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put that out there. It'll we'll be, put that out there. It'll be flying off the shelves at light speed. But on that note, uh, I think we're just going to zip on out of here. I'll take my victory lap right now. In She's the running around. Falcon. She's running around the studio. She's running around the studio victory right now lap with it. a big sign that says "You lose." <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you, everyone. Great episode. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like The 430 Movie, every Friday in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies, and Disco Nights, the ultimate Star Trek Discovery podcast available Sundays, and glorious 
Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, and Best Movies Never Made, Monday nights featuring filmmakers talking about their favorite unmade projects. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us at TK on Twitter or TK on Instagram. Also, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, including producers Natalie Michelli and Synthony Hodge, and executive producers Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman. So until next Thursday, may the Force be with you. And also with you. Always. Or at least for the next week. This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.